And in this corner, standing at 65 degrees Fahrenheit, it's too damn cold. And in the other corner is Brandon shitting his pants. <laughs> I wit. Don't, don't, don't tease me. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Small Consolation Podcast. Um, I am today's host, Jared. Um, We are coming to you live from the uh, Small Consolation newsroom. Um, Let's see who we have around here today. Um, My co-anchor, Nick. Boop, 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 (laughs) boop. Um... Over uh, at the uh, weather desk, Evan. It's raining sideways. <laughs> that might have been a little racist because I was really hoping you would go that way with it. <laughs> um, with sports, Tyler. Uh, got a sports ball harder. He's 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 carrying the, the baseball into the end zone. Uh, it, it, yeah. And checking in on the local sewer department, Brandon. <laughs> These pipes are clogged, and I mean clogged. What? <laughs> It's going to be a two-man job, or maybe a three-man job. Yeah, you're going to really have or, to send a pig through there. Yeah, it's, oh, it's going to be a three-man or Jared's wife job. Oh, God. Oh, bring no. This. no, God <laughs> dang it. They won't have it. And they won't get it. Oh, no. Well, anyway, so it's been... Uh, quite the eventful news week so we figured we'd cover some of the uh hot topics um in the gaming world um so the first one that i was gonna bring up that i kind of thought was kind of interesting microsoft announced that they were going to double the price of their xbox live gold service from 60 dollars to 120 dollars a year That would be like the equivalent of if PlayStation Plus, something that is required for online play, was doubled in price. Um, It kind of seemed to be a ploy to get people to upgrade to their ultimate Game Pass, which was like $5 extra a month. But yeah, needless to say, people were kind of (laughs) mad. Okay, so so break this down for me real quick. now, not knowing a whole lot of uh, uh, about Xbox, what? Okay, so I know that that like with the new Xbox system, they were sort of hoping that you would, you know, enjoy their like their Game Pass thing, right? Where like all their games basically are online, and you sort of it's like kind of like the PlayStation Now, yes, like subscription, right? Is that is this the same thing? Uh, no, Xbox gold? Live is the, or I guess they do call it gold, which includes live, but that is 
the equivalent to our our PlayStation Plus. Yeah. So it is what you need to be online. So it's not the Game Pass. It no. is not. Correct. It's not. So yeah. the Game Pass is something else. Yeah, Xbox yes. Gold okay. is the equivalent to PlayStation Plus. Game Pass is the equivalent to PlayStation Now. Well, you know, so I will say the one thing that I will say is that I could justify I could understand the justification for increasing the price to like 70 or 80 bucks, you know, um, not doubling it. You know, I mean, think about it. They don't have any new games, really, like any Xbox exclusive new games out yet really for the new console because everything got pushed back and so the, if they're trying to get you to do game pass and then like the online services and stuff i could see where that's where they're gonna make their money um but i just don't i don't think that doubling is the way to go like a full i mean that's like two new games you know well and i think the idea was that you double it so that if you look at it per at a per month basis, it's only a small jump then to go to the ultimate game pass sub, which they would rather you have because that's more money for them. And it justifies them putting their new releases on game pass if they already have more people subscribed to that service. So it's True. almost like one of those, we're going to price it so high that you're just going to jump to the next step, which includes all of like what you would get with gold plus the access to a game pass. I feel like like when you first uh, passed along that message, like for me the, and this whole story and the backlash surrounding it, and I want to say even in like like most recently, I feel like I saw some news that was releasing that they were actually kind of backtracking on that oh, uh, price point. Yeah. And, and like for me, that just highlights my issue with the whole thing in general in that it's kind of like, asking for something for nothing almost in a sense like it's kind of like they it, it just seems so arbitrary like if, it, if they're at a, a point where they can literally like walk back on that price you know it's not like it really doesn't have anything to do with a tangible like infrastructure cost that they're trying to offset or something like that it's kind of like you said like it's literally just a marketing thing and that's kind of been my issue all along with that idea of these like paid subscriptions essentially for just basic online functionality is that at a certain point they can kind of just they kind of just have you over a barrel and they're like you're gonna pay whatever we darn well say we're gonna charge for this or you can't play multiplayer or you can't even access these features online for games that you've bought and paid for and I kind of have a, a, a big problem with that myself, and apparently a lot of other people did too, and they seemed to have just kind of arbitrarily decided, like, yep, we're just going to, you know, the services aren't changing uh, tangibly, and we're just going to double the price. And it's kind of like Brandon was saying, like, that's just, I could kind of almost understand it if they were like, well, you know, we're going to keep the price uh in line with inflation and like increasing development costs and things like that but no it's like literally like we're just doubling this for the same service that you had before and suck it 
<laughs> essentially. Like, so yeah, I I think the backlash was I like I'd be pretty mad if PlayStation did something similar to PlayStation Plus for sure. Oh, Play- PlayStation's going to, but uh, I especially after this, they're going to most likely approach it differently where they are likely to bundle their online services, their PS plus and their PS now into one service. And I would imagine it would be probably around the $80 a year mark, Mm -hmm. which seems tangible. Like for someone who only has PlayStation plus adding PlayStation now for a whole year for 20 extra dollars. Yeah. Maybe I will try out more games before I buy them or something, but I don't know. That seems to make more sense. Um, right. But yeah, to kind of expand on Tyler's talk about reversing course, while people were outraged, at the same time, they were like, you know what also sucks? Not only are they doubling the price of this subscription, but they Xbox also requires this subscription for games that are free to play, like Fortnite and Apex, where on any other PC or con- like PlayStation or Switch, you can just play them free, download them, start playing. Mm-hmm. So, like, why is Xbox this way? So, when Xbox reversed course to bring the price back down, they're like, "Oh, also, yeah, we're we're going to remove the gold requirement for free to play games." And so now it's just <laughs> like, "Oh, okay, if we just yell loud enough, they'll give us more things." Yeah, I'm. You know, I'm almost, I'm almost more upset by the fact that. They reversed, like, like they come out with it, you know, and they, they come out with this announcement. They say they're going to increase the price. They get backlash and they're like, oh, OK, well, you know, we'll release it. And then, oh, to to make you not hate us and not go away, we'll, we'll give you a little something extra. You know, like, here's our customer service that we should have been doing all along. But like, it just it, I'm almost more mad that they you know did away with their decision like i mean i'm not upset that they with the ultimate decision of what they did you know like i'm not with with, i'm not upset with the end result i'm upset with the means does that does that make sense yeah yeah because if the end result stayed true or i mean if the first decision stayed true like then you're gonna start like questioning well are they gonna is playstation plus gonna be in a bidding war now to like oh they increase their price we can increase ours well it literally says like xbox said in in every way we're doing this just because right we're greedy little bastards we want to just increase the price just because we can yeah and that's what i mean we're gonna try and see if we can't get away with it yeah it's just so transparently i feel like anti-consumer which you know, I get it at the end of the day, they're a company, they're trying to make money, but I at least, you know, I want to feel like there's a reason for it. Like that they are providing make better games. Service. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, sure. I mean, <laughs> I haven't seen, like, that's what I mean. I mean, I haven't seen anything yet that would justify that, that price hike for sure. But uh, even if they did make better no, games, you it's know, like, I feel like those two things just aren't really even connected. Like it's, so it is literally just them, somebody being like, well, here's a way we can get more money. Let's do it. And then when it doesn't work, it's like, well, that didn't work. Uh, well, we don't really have, I mean, it was always just kind of this idea we had anyway. It wasn't really tied to anything. So uh, let, let's try something else. Like, and it just, yeah, I just don't. I, c- 
everything stinks about it. I could see them, you know, trying to justify it, like saying, well, our console is, you know, $100 to $200 cheaper than, you know, our competitor. And so, you know, we want you to enjoy the system, but we still got to make our money the same as everybody else. So we're increasing the services, but, you know, the entrance fee is is cheaper. Like I could see them, you know, doing that or like justifying it in that way. But as you said, Tyler, it there is no apparent location that this money this extra money is going except into like the ceo's pocket right unless they're going to use it to buy more studios to get more exclusive games (laughs) do the playstation model (laughs) i I mean well so then you also have the um two um trains of thoughts trying to explain this one they're just super tone deaf and just no one when this whole idea was being pitched was like, maybe we shouldn't do this. Um, and then the second is that they did it on purpose so that they had a, um, you know, a, something false that they could be the hero for. Like they oh, just like a false flag thing. Yeah. Like, Oh, we just need to generate something that, Oh, we got rid of gold requirement for free to play games and lowered it back. We're the hero now. It's like, no, you're the one who made this mess in the first place. It's like Robin Hood uh, robbing the rich to give to the poor and then realizing that the poor people, he just made the poor people rich, and so he robs them again. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I'll be honest, that, that's not really the vibe I got from it. Like, at least, like, I, I think that's a valid, like, that's an interesting idea and i definitely think there are cases where that's been done before that that wasn't i guess how this felt to me like this this to me legitimately felt like somebody was like oh shit i guess they won't they won't deal with us like just doing this out of the blue like (laughs) it seemed very much like an oh shit moment to me on on the behalf of well and i think it's something we've mentioned before but like i don't think microsoft they're not like so dependent on the Xbox making them a ton of money yeah. because they have their kind of tentacles and so many other like things. And so like, they don't really need that extra income. So yeah, it does make it just chalk it up to greed, I guess line the pockets a little bit more. Well, any more uh, Xbox bashing before I move on? <laughs> nah. So now we can bash Blizzard and Activision. Yay! <laughs> what did they do? So, um, as you know, uh, well, I guess I kind of forgot, but Blizzard and Activision are kind of a, a couple now. Did Activision buy Blizzard or vice versa? Yes. Okay. Activision bought Blizzard. So another subsidiary of Activision is Vicarious Visions. Um, they are a smaller studio that um, have, you know, pre the Bungie um, Activision split, they helped with Destiny 2. Um, I think the last thing they worked on, did they do a little bit on Shadowkeep? I know they helped with Forsaken and like all of those seasons quite a bit. They probably really did most of the DLC and seasonal content, really. Yeah. So 
they helped with Destiny 2. They're also responsible for the Crash Bandicoot and Tony Hawk remakes and remasters. And it just came out that Blizzard slash Activision is like, you know what, Vicarious Visions, you're just going to do only Blizzard stuff now, from now on. Thanks for doing all this amazing work, and now you can just make a whole bunch of Overwatch levels (laughs) and Hearthstone updates. Anyway, so it sounds like... (laughs) So it sounds like they're also going to be helping with the Diablo 2 remake. Yeah, um, and that's the part I was going to say. Like To me, this wasn't necessarily bad news for that reason alone. When you mentioned that, I my ears kind of perked up and I was like, ooh, Diablo 2 remake, I'm on board for that. As someone who admittedly has like no experience with Diablo, like... I know a lot of people are calling for Diablo 4, but this news makes it sound like that's not happening for a while. So if you guys want to run with that, I don't know much about it. I mean, the from my understanding, the timeline for Diablo 4 was always kind of... Uh, I mean, Blizzard has is famous for fairly long development cycles. And uh, I mean quality releases but yeah it's kind of like they tend to release only a few big games over a fairly long period of time and then honestly they kind of milk the crap out of them has been my experience like charging full price for games like way late into their life cycles but uh, all of that aside i think so diablo 4 was one that it was i you know it was getting closer to launch but like you said probably still a ways off i i'm not even sure if they were targeting this year um so depending on how quickly they may get a, a remake of Diablo 2 out, it may even beat, actually I would say at this point it might be like, well, I don't know if it's likely that it would beat Diablo 4 or not. But either way, um, I'm also guessing that would be two pretty different experiences. And that's kind of why I was excited, was because like a lot of people regard Diablo 2 as being one of the best, not only in the Diablo series, but just one of the best action RPGs of all time. Um, and so... When did that come I, out? What's that? Uh, around 2000. Oh. Um, Was that just on but, PC or did they do... Yeah, console? only PC. Cool. But that was definitely one that, like... Um, for somebody like like I feel like I, I would kind of be like the perfect target audience because I've I've heard about it. Um, I've played a lot of other action RPGs. I've even played some of the Diablo series, but I've never played two because kind of by like it is kind of that perfect. I feel like point where it's old enough, but it and it's good enough that a remaster would really reach a lot of new people and old fans alike. And so I feel like that is it's actually a really good candidate for a remaster in my so. So that was good news for me. But. Um, yeah, and apparently, they, their Blizzard's classic, like I guess they're called Team One, who's kind of worked on a lot of big projects and had just kind of miraculously failed at their last remaster, um, has actually been dismantled and either given new jobs within Blizzard or just kind of cut. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So this was kind of like, 
it sounds like Vicarious Visions kind of stepping in into mm-hmm. that role. Um, I don't really, besides Hearthstone, I never really played a lot of Blizzard titles, so um, not really my cup of tea. But Evan, I feel like as a Crash Bandicoot fan, are you a little sad that um, a studio like Vicarious Visions isn't going to be working on those anymore? I mean, well, they gave the new one to Toys for Bob. That doesn't even sound like a real studio. <laughs> it does. <laughs> but did he build the toys himself? That's the real question. Badoomed. <laughs> uh, toys for Bob was also responsible for one and a half of the games of the Spyro, Spyro Reignited trilogy. Uh, I think. The last game was worked on by Beanox. I'm yeah, not sure that's... who did the, the last bit there. But Toys for Bob will be getting the Spyro 4. And they are going to be largely responsible for Activision's uh, resurgence of those retro titles. Are they under Activision too? Yes. I didn't realize we were getting a Spyro 4. That's exciting. Well, it hasn't been officially announced, but everyone it knows it's coming. Uh, one of those situations got you. Yeah, it just seemed like Vicarious just had lots of good track records of remastering, like basically updating old stuff, but also kind of giving it a fresh spin. Um, uh, I think they only did the insane trilogy and Tony Hawk. Uh, when that's I looked them up earlier, still pretty good track well, record. <laughs> it's, that's a, yes, it's just two games though. Cause their, their history is almost entirely Nintendo game boy shovelware. <laughs> We're trying to give them a compliment, Nick. Dang it. We're trying to show how evil Activision is for just sweeping them under the blizzard rug. I guess they're going to do another remake with Diablo too. So, <laughs> not the remake yeah, I was excited for. <laughs> I guess it's uh it's it's a case where it's like it to me it definitely doesn't seem quite as bad as like say what EA has done to the corpse that is BioWare at this point where it's like you know, <laughs> or actually here's here's another thing I heard in the news that ties in pretty well to this. So I heard that uh so for any of our fans who will be following us on YouTube whenever we eventually release uh video content, uh we'll probably be playing a little <laughs> bit of Don't Starve on that channel. And the makers of Don't Starve uh Clay Entertainment, they I believe were recently the majority share of Clay was purchased by Tencent. Which, I mean, I don't know that much about the company. You don't hear too many great things, I guess, about it. Um, But one thing I have heard is that supposedly they will be relatively hands-off. And I will say they're involved in so many other companies uh and a lot of times i'm not like i don't like it's a good thing that i'm not immediately like oh here's all the things that like i can name all of the things that 10 cents involved with and they've ruined all of those things kind of like i can be with ea to a certain extent so it's nothing like that but i am really curious like i always hate to see indie studios kind of being bought up and i always have some concerns about like 
whether or not they really will stick true to their claims of being able to retain independent creative control over their IPs. But like, I don't know. It'll be interesting wasn't, to see what happens with Clay. Wasn't Tencent in the news recently about something else? Uh, uh, likely. Tencent's a huge multinational conglomerate. It was the TikTok thing. They had, oh, yeah, it was. Yeah, they, they had part ownership in that, or well, I don't know, whatever. They yeah, they do have some. Yeah, they're definitely right. Right, that's yeah. Tencent is like that's the thing. They're not by any means restricted just to video games. Like they kind of have, yeah, hand in in basically anything that's potentially making money. Uh, predominantly in China, especially, I think. And it's a good way, like, that is a good way, like, apparently it sounds like Tencent was pretty integral to Clay Entertainment getting games like Don't Starve out and available in, in like, the Chinese market. So, for Clay Entertainment, it's, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of things that are really appealing about the deal, but I just hope it means they get to keep making good games. Speaking of EA um, being terrible, um, <laughs> I would normally bring up sports games and how they're basically the knockoff same thing after every single year. But you guys don't care about that. Um, we also <laughs> saw that. <laughs> <laughs> we also saw that um, they're not going to be the exclusive um, studio for Star Wars games going forward. Nope. Finally. Yeah, that was that was exciting news for me too. Disney's looking to re-enter the video game world. Mm-hmm. It's almost and like they can make a lot of money too. <laughs> right. Speaking I, of Disney titles getting video game adaptions, the company that is responsible for the Wolfenstein games is getting their hands on Indiana Jones. Yes. What? That's mm-hmm. crazy. Tyler, I talked about it on our Twitter account if you would have seen it. <laughs> and what well, is that Twitter account, Jared? At SmallConPod. I say to Tyler, who had, does not have a Twitter account. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Now the audience knows why I'm not following. <laughs> oh, no. no, Tyler has an account, but it's a burner for content he doesn't wish us to know about. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Grandmothers. Yeah. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, but yes, um, pretty excited for EA to not have a monopoly on Star Wars. Anymore. Even though um, the people I know that have played Squadron have said it's really good. Um, I haven't yeah. had the chance to try it personally, but heard good thing, mostly good things about it. But I'm ready for a new Star Wars game that isn't <laughs> a cheap cash grab based on microtransactions. And I don't think they've announced anything about it other than that it's coming, but I would bet that they're going to use it to expand their um, the High Republic era that they've just launched uh, two weeks ago, actually, I believe. Is there a studio tied to it? I don't even remember. I think they're reviving LucasArts. Uh, Lucas Films now. Oh, was Luke, oh Lucas Films is doing it instead. Of, they're not reviving the studio. I don't think they are reviving the studio. It's under Lu- Lucas Films. Oh, well, there you go. Wait, yes, that's right. Because if they, someone told me like if they called it Lucas Arts, like it would 
trigger certain things to happen. But yeah, that yep, you're right. You're right. I mean, it's not like EA had a bad track record in the last two Star Wars games they released. Like, Fallen Order was really good. Squadron sounds like it's really good. They've obviously, like, kind of learned their lesson, but... And and for me, I mean, one thing I don't know about this deal, but you mentioned they've lost exclusive rights, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we won't still see some big budget Star Wars games coming out from EA, right? Like that would that would kind of be yeah. my hope is yeah. like like for me in an ideal world, it's just you know it's out there as an IP that you can have big game studios and smaller indie game studios taking a whack at. I mean, at the same time, because. Mm-hmm. You know, some of my favorite games have come from, like, some of my favorite and the most creative games, I feel like, have a really narrow focus coming from a smaller studio. But then sometimes there are things, you know, you just need a lot of money to realize. And so I do like, you know, I definitely still obviously feel like there's a place for quality AAA game development. And bringing it back to sports, that's why EA needs to stop having exclusive rights to all these sports games because there's no (laughs) creativity or competition pushing the envelope. Exactly. And I expect that uh, the next Battlefront game will still be EA through. uh... Yeah, I could I could see EA doing like the big multiplayer stuff, and then Mm -hmm. Lucasfilm doing like like Fallen Order or whatever this upcoming unannounced game is. Yeah, I bet EA is going to be like, hey, if we keep giving you games like Fallen Order and Squadrons, just let us have Battlefront as this microtransaction cesspool. That <laughs> maybe we just take uh... away the the story part. And so like that way, it's just like this big online multiplayer. You just need microtransactions to look cool and have... <laughs> cool character well and it just oh my gosh it's just that 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 like that's like one of the biggest game controversies to me is the fact that like like i'll be honest there's there's literally no other studio i would rather have making a battlefront game than dice like like them being involved with battlefront i think is a match made in heaven like from like they just they have such a good understanding of like sound design and like i love battlefront i just and especially in the form that it is now, like the last few times I've played it, like honestly I had a pretty good time with it. And so in the future, I'm totally cool with it being the same people making the game. And I think they'll be more careful about how they implement microtransactions. So I'm actually cautiously optimistic about any future collaborations involving DICE and or Star Wars in the same sentence, but I don't know. See, I guess Dice that's... has a really good feel on how to develop games, unless there is a knee-high obstacle to climb over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, their traversal mechanics could maybe use a little bit of updating, but uh, yeah. But that's just another example, like we saw from our first news story, that if the gaming community yells loud enough, <laughs> change will happen. <laughs> Which the microtransactions are too damn <laughs> Yelling sometimes works, like with Sonic. Other times it doesn't, like with <laughs> Cyberpunk. <laughs> wow, good segue, Evan. So, 
or, that an alley oop? <laughs> it was, and I like kind of fumbled it, but I think I'm gonna able to get the ball in the hoop. Sports. <laughs> Get the um, brace ball in the end zone with the, with the cricket bat. Touchdown. That's going to move the chains. Okay. <laughs> so, Cyberpunk, um, so one of the does people involved with the game put out an apology, but not really an apology, kind of saying, like, <laughs> sorry things happened the way they did, but it's really not our fault. This is why it happened. Yeah, the point is, that was a pretty, it came, they, uh, that was a pretty it came with apology. a timeline. It came with a timeline of this is how we're going to fix what's going forward, and when some things are going to release. So basically, they made it sound like we're going to have two big patches, one in January, one in February. And then... You know, the next-gen updates will come sometime in the second half of 2021, probably fall, um, when some of the free DLC might be pushed back to a later date. Point is, patch 1.1 just came out for all systems. And from what I've read and listened to, it's only focusing on stability improvements and bug fixes, no quality of life, things that just make the game better. Mm-hmm. Um, but it might have introduced a bug that won't let you progress in the story. Uh-oh. What? <laughs> so, as Tyler, a resident cyberpunk player, have you tried out the new patch? Yeah. Um. So I've actually I fired it up a little bit this evening. Um. On the new patch, and I can't really comment to anything other than that. Uh, I know for me, like in extended play sessions, I would occasionally notice um, like a memory leak issue occasionally where in like the longer I would play, like the more I would notice a little bit of performance degradation, like it would be like running awesome when I would fire it up. And then after playing for a couple hours, I would notice like I'd get some frame rate issues and things like that. And that seems to have been honestly improved, I would say, noticeably with this latest patch a little bit. Um, in that, like, I haven't really noticed that issue at all. So if there's more of that to come, um, in fact, I would say my frame rates were a little more stable general and but it's kind of it's kind of hard to tell um with things like that though as as to whether you have like the, to attribute that to a specific patch you have the fortune of you're playing on pc so like i feel like a yeah. lot of the issues aren't directed toward you exactly um, it's just the people on consoles specifically the last gen who um the game's not really was designed for or the people who are on next-gen consoles who are kind of, it sounds like, are just playing ported versions of the old one. Yeah. that next-gen update's supposed to come in the fall. Yeah, it's really, it's really just been, yeah, like, as much as I have enjoyed CDPR games in the past, and as much as I still have honestly enjoyed Cyberpunk a lot, like, there's just no denying that this launch has been... Uh, mishandled at numerous levels like it has been a disaster honestly like for the company and and that's sad to see because like i've I've said i've said it before and i'll say it again like the game to me um is you know really solid like is it 
one of the best games I've ever played. Eh, I mean, for me, it scratches a very particular itch that few games do. So I like it maybe more than the average player might. Um, but yeah, there's there's definitely been issues with the launch. And, and honestly, part of me just kind of wants to get a bag of popcorn and sit down with the PS4 version and just see what that experience is like <laughs> just to be able to compare it to the experience that I had on a dedicated gaming rig and just see if it's like uh like yeah, I'm just I'm really curious what the the difference in the experience would be like. Um but yeah, from my perspective, I haven't honestly seen a huge need for performance and stability patches but i would say i felt like like i said i had that one maybe memory leak issue that maybe this patch is fixed so more testing required yeah and it sounds like the february patch will be bigger but i don't know how much quality of life stuff have you noticed like a lot of quality of life requests that you would want added in i the biggest thing that I want is the ability to change my character's appearance in the game. Like, a game that's about, like, body modification and crazy, wacky hairstyles and piercings and things like that. Like, it seems insane to me that there's not so much as, like, a barber shop in the game. Which, you know, it sounds like that kind of a... my mind. Yeah, like, and it was billed as this big RPG, which, which honestly, that's always bothered me in a lot of RPGs. Like, I feel like it, it's so strange. Like other big, big games, like, like even a game like like Larian Studios too. I have this kind of niggling complaint with some of their games. Is like, I really, I love what's known as like. Uh, like a transmog, like a transmogrification system mm-hmm. for loot, wherein you can just make it look like, you know, whatever piece of gear you want while retaining the stats that it has. And there's arguments back and forth in game design about like, well, we want what a player is wearing to be representative of, you know, the type of stats that that gear has. And that's all fine and good. But especially in like, the games I've mentioned, like the like Baldur's Gate three and Divinity Original Sin two and Cyberpunk and even The Witcher, which I do love, but I will fault its loot system for this. Like you're collecting all these items, and then you level up, and all of your own items like just start to suck, and you've got to replace it with other gear. So you're like just constantly throwing on whatever the highest level gear is that you can find, and that just takes away so much fun from the side of like you know dressing your character the way you want or using the type of weapons or like just having your weapons look the way you want them to and so you can you can fix all of that by doing like what neo 2 does where you can make any weapon look like any other weapon while still retaining the stats that it dropped at so it's like imagine if in destiny for example you know you get this really high loot drop but you could just, and it would still, like the gun would still behave like whatever gun it was that it dropped, but you could give it whatever cool skin you wanted. And I like that because so, then that lets players like personal style emerge, I guess. Destiny's kind of hard too, I guess, with weapons just because the weapons themselves yeah. are so unique. It would be hard to mm-hmm. change that. But transmog for armor is coming sometime this year. So, 
I will be super excited about that, especially in a game where like Destiny, where the armor doesn't really reflect the stats like you don't have mm-hmm. high mobility armor and the armor looks a certain way that like makes sense why it's high mobility or like the backstory is makes sense why it's high mobility. It's just it's just armor and you got to go to roll on it. Why can't it make it look like whatever I want to? Mm-hmm. Right. So stay tuned. <laughs> So yeah, the uh, the last um, topic I have, and the one I know the littlest about, <laughs> apparently GameStop is the hot place to get all your stonks. Um, <laughs> their trading was halted after rising like 69-70% the other day. Um, what? <laughs> out of nowhere. Yeah, um, I tried reading why and i'm not a stock person so it made no sense to me but it sounds like the easy answer is reddit i think <laughs> i want to say wall street bets but uh basically the stock market has uh breakers where it's more to prevent free fall of the market but they also have it for just really sharp inclines as well and GameStop got a new board member or a new CEO, and he was kind of a a hot get for them. I think I think board member. Yeah, he's a uh, uh, he's on the he's involved with Chewy.com If you order online for your pets' needs, but he has a good track record, and I guess him suddenly joining. The community over at Wall Street Bets decided they wanted to just dump everything into GameStop stocks. And then I saw something where another, I don't know, publication or something that follows stocks was kind of poo-pooing it and like, oh, this is GameStop will fall. We'll be back at really low levels shortly thereafter. And so Reddit was like, well, let me show you what's up. Hold my beer. And that's when it got real crazy. Huh. I see to me that just seems so counterintuitive because, you know, if you ask me like what's you know, what's a a company within the gaming spectrum that you feel is like a, a worthwhile like long term investment or even a short term investment, like I really like a brick and mortar distribution system is not what I would choose to invest in myself i guess like even with you know every like I, I almost wonder if it's not people just being like oh like gamestop's associated with video games and video game sales are like way up during covid uh time to invest in games gamestop you know it's <laughs> like i don't know i did see so some me, go ahead nick so let me put it this way I pulled up their their stock profile and went to uh, the max time frame that Google has. At their height in 2007, they were trading at $61 a share. Uh, the last four years, it's been a steady decline down to about $3. <laughs> wow. Uh the middle of last year it is now at an all-time high wow that's (laughs) well at 65 currently 
I did see yeah. some interesting like explanations for like defending GameStop's model. Yeah. Like basically the fact that the reason they're different from say someone like Blockbuster is because movies kind of like overall just standardized their format or went digital. Whereas with gaming, there's so many varieties and consoles. You can get physical games. You can still go online. And GameStop has an online presence still. Whereas a right. lot of like Blockbuster, I don't think really did. Um, but then um, GameStop is also going into the collectibles because there's a lot of merchandise involved with video games. And <laughs> those that were probably doing them more than the games themselves did. Um and even though they have a ton of brick and mortars, they've been closing the ones that aren't doing well. But still, it, it does seem counterintuitive, like that, no, like it just shouldn't work. I guess that is an angle that I hadn't even really considered, though. Like, yeah, like if they were to just kind of rebrand as like a novelty, you know, gaming, like, store like where you i mean basically just a place where you can buy a lot of the physical merchandise associated with some of your favorite games like maybe they're starting to see that as a market that's you know gaining some traction specifically in the u.s even though like you know just things with like collectors collect collectibles collector editions uh figurines things of that nature like i guess i could see that have you gone into a gamestop recently uh honestly not for a while but i mean within the last year yeah i definitely have and i do remember seeing a lot more of that kind of thing yeah because like they have like still like the games on the wall but like almost half the store now is like funkos and Mm -hmm. all this merchandise socks shirts yeah whatever you can think of they've probably got it that is i don't think it's a horrible idea for them to become hot topic (laughs) yeah video games well, did, did any of you ever shop online on a uh, website called Think Geek? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was actually I randomly tried to look Think Geek up the other day, and I think it's I think GameStop bought them like a couple years ago. I wasn't sure if they yeah, had. That's a... why. That's why all the stores have that junk inside now. Yeah. Huh. You say junk as I'm sitting amongst most of it. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay, fun goes or, you. Or they bought Jinx, I guess. I don't know what the breakdown was. Yeah, I don't know. I'm almost positive that the other they bought the Cuz I love ThinkGeek and now they're like when that transition happened, they're like, "Yeah, go to GameStop." And I'm like, first of all, GameStop's web- online website sucks." <laughs> and it's just they didn't have the same cool stuff. Like I got so many like christmas presents from them because they just had so much and so much unique things to it like gamestop now is just like buy this funko or this keychain or this pair of socks yay see yeah i want my uh, novelty ice cube trays and like thematic coaster sets for my favorite games like give me more of that shit (laughs) and if that's the case i think the store was called yeah, oh, hey, yeah, yeah. They had a bunch of good shit. I have I think that company went under, unfortunately. Yeah. Hardcore. <laughs> uh huh. 
I feel like a lot of people like stores with the model of like, we'll buy your used games and stuff, like just kind of folded. Oh, yeah. Hastings was really bad about it. Like they're, yeah, I could, I could tell stories. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. I mean, I don't know. What do you want to know? Like <laughs> all the dirt. <laughs> Like I don't, I, I feel like really like the vinyl, like used vinyl, got used and abused a lot because there was pretty much like at least when it first started, you could just like you know go to your parents' basement and dig up all their vinyl and bring it in. Like all right, I'll give you twenty cents a pop for you know this milk crate full of records. Who knows if they work? Because don't have a record player. I don't know anything about vinyl. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, like, vinyl is so popular right now. Like, it's, like, making a comeback. Yeah, I, someone's explained it to me before, and I'm just like, yeah, I don't get it. But if if you like it, go for it. I'm not gonna... Big disc looks pretty when it spins. I, 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 I won't lie. That's part of why I kind of enjoy it. I do actually, you know, I, I like a little bit of the dis, like the distortion that it has. Like, I would never argue. It's like, oh, it's the true vision of how the, like, it's how the music <laughs> is meant to be heard. Like, no. But does it sound kind of cool and, like, lo- lo-fi? Like, if you wanted to like throw on some hip hop with some cool cover art like sitting on your desk and like watch the big spinny disc spin around yeah it's good for that (laughs) that's why i like it yeah i know i know it's a bit of a meme for people's like oh it just sounds so much better on vinyl is kind of the meme saying but that's objectively not true for a medium that degrades the more you use it yep also vinyl is just like if you have like one thing that's like, what is a thing that you understand the concept, but it still baffles your mind? It's vinyl <laughs> for me. It's just like, yeah. how is that supposed to work? That is no. Yeah. Yeah. So, are we gonna get like a laser disc resurgence here in ten years? <laughs> oh God, I hope not. This is a cycle. <laughs> CDs are popular again. <laughs> oh, but wait, that's that was another like weird thing about Hastings is that when they would buy used stuff, they would they wouldn't quite do as bad as GameStop as like not giving you what it was worth, but then when they would resell it, like depending on what it was, they wouldn't resell it high enough in my opinion. Like I <laughs> there were a few times where I would, you know, process stuff that people sold to us and then I, you know, in the process of you know bagging it up and everything i just like what is this with my employee discount and i just look at them like this is a like this is like i I bought the original like harry potter like the eight movies on blu-ray i think new back in this is back in what 2012 so new the eight set of blu-rays was like 70 or 80 bucks buying it used was like 40 but with my employee discount i took it down to like 30 (laughs) nice that that happened with harry potter that happened with um i got the dark knight trilogy on blu-ray for a really good price and and like a few video games too but yeah i think hastings like in their effort to you know just sell stuff they didn't quite uh keep their prices where they should have been and that's before you get into like a buy one get one or anything like that, which they had running all the time. Yeah. 
That's probably why I liked that place so much as a consumer was because I felt like I was getting crazy good deals, probably because I was, and that's probably why they went out of business hard. <laughs> yeah. I enjoyed wandering around and looking at all the random stuff that they had to sell, but yeah, personally never been a super huge collector, but I also kind of want something a little bit higher end than Funko Pops, but not like <sighs> I mean, a. <laughs> no, I'm just talking personally. I, I want something slightly middle range for collector's items. This is an interesting topic, and we might have to table this for a different episode. But going into collections and what you value and what you have is very interesting yeah i was about to say uh, so there you go listeners uh tune in at some point for our collectors episode that that would be a good one brandon write this down (laughs) it's being recorded you numb nuts (laughs) you can't trust the cloud brandon It can be recorded in other ways, too. We just talked about old media. Why are you shitting on pen and paper? (laughs) Well, I'm not shitting on anything right now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I did kind of have the thought to wrap up the GameStop conversation um do you think when you try to sell those stocks when it's really high if you get like really shitty return like oh you bought this stock for 60 dollars, we'll give you five bucks for it or seven <laughs> if you get gamestop credit uh we'll find out next week when the stock market reopens <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh well that's Unless I missed any other news, that's kind of the main stuff. Uh, any final thoughts on all those? I'm excited for the Diablo 2 remake. Is that one you played? Uh, yeah. There's just some games that like I've tangentially heard of, and I'm just like, since I have no experience with them, when people are like, oh, I love this game, I'm like, oh, I didn't know people interacted with this game i kind of wonder if they're gonna release it for console or if it's just gonna be a pc game uh they likely will uh baldur's gate icewind dale a bunch of these old pc only games got console ports especially since i think diablo since diablo 3 did well for them on consoles and they're doing this remake now uh yeah i would that's actually probably that would be a good motivator behind the remaster happening in the first place i would think so yeah i would expect to see it i think there's a small community that even prefers to play on console i think they added like a dodge function for console players yeah and so it just made it more entertaining for people playing the infernal mode because they can play it like dark souls (laughs) yeah um, in terms of the uh, Microsoft, um, I think the way I pitched this story to you guys is since their Xbox Series S, the cheaper one that's like the price of a Switch, 
um, like is available and it's like, oh, that'd be a kind of a cheap entry into Xbox if I just wanted to kind of have all of the games covered that I could possibly play. Um, but once the original news came out that they're increasing that subscription cost, I was like, maybe I don't want one. <laughs> <laughs> and now that they re- reverse course and removing the gold requirement, now I'm like, hmm, maybe I really do want one. <laughs> Make up your mind. But I mean, let's be honest. That's just like the PS5. You can't even find any new console unless you pre-ordered or if you have wires for insides. I don't understand why retailers haven't set up like, here's just a pre-order system. Like, you know, put like a $100 deposit down or something. And then when we get them, when you're up in line, we'll send you an email. Got to confirm within 24 hours or it bumps to the next guy. Yeah, just set up a queue. Because those retailers are getting the money either way if Joe Blow <laughs> gets a console or the scalper who has 15 sitting behind him gets a console. They don't care. Body, body McBot face. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we, there we can go in a whole podcast about how uh, many failures I've had trying to get a PS5. <laughs> Because I naively told myself, I don't need to pre-order back in November. Like, I'll be fine. Well, you probably wouldn't have been able to anyway. Exactly. That was my reasoning at the time. And I wasn't expecting to be coming into February and still having that problem. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, I was listening to a podcast. Maybe it was Benjamin. I don't remember who it was. But someone m- mentioned the whole like pre-order, how it was just like, all right, we're going to have, you know, have the pre-order for PlayStation 5s open on this day and then because like I think it was Walmart opened theirs early, it just cascaded into everyone else opening theirs early and now it's impossible to get a PS5. Yeah. I mean, well, wa- I think I mean I I just think that the The perfect incubation conditions for not being able for for length of time without a PS5, if that makes any sense, um, like the perfect spawning ground for this problem is the fact that they're releasing only a certain amount at each time. I think they should just hold off for longer. They're gonna sell all the the same amount of you know Playstations as you know now or in six months from now. But they need to put out enough that everybody can get one. Just wait and put three shipments together so that you actually have a fairly, you know, like the, my local Walmart will have like six, seven or eight at a, like, you know, at a time. But that's not feeding anybody. That's, you know. And especially when they have no limits on how many you can buy. And right. someone will just walk in and be like, oh, they have stock. I'll buy all of them, please. Exactly. Yep. Anyway, we can rant about that another time. What really grinds my gears. Evan, since I'm hosting, you get to do socials. Um, well, we already did the Twitter and a very cleverly inserted joke, if I do say so myself. Um, let's see, yeah, Facebook, we are a small consolation podcast. Uh 
uh, Gmail, you can email us if you would like to your burning video game queries and questions to smallconsolationpod at gmail.com. And we are also Small Consolation Gaming on YouTube, where we just posted something new this afternoon. We posted something new that is actually like two, <laughs> three <laughs> months old. <laughs> it's content! Content is content! I will make you come over here and dig it out yourself. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, I'm not going to throw it to Brandon. So, Nick, you can tell the people bye. Goodbye.